Welcome to the Hypergen Founders Podcast, the show where we explore the minds behind the innovative companies. I'm your host, Kian. I'm your host, Alex. And each week, we'll dive into conversations with visionary founders. From garage startups to global enterprises, get ready for inspiration, insights, and the secrets behind their success. If you're curious about how these visionaries are turning their million and billion dollars ideas into reality, then this podcast is for you. Stay tuned for engaging discussions on technology, innovations, and leadership. This is the Founders Podcast. Let's begin. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, it's been a while. Thanks for joining us, Becca. How about you tell the story behind Dingus and Zazzy and that name? We personally know the story, but I'd love for you to tell the audience. Absolutely. Dingus and Zazzy started out as almost like a boutique media buying agency pre-COVID, named after our CEO's now deceased cats, Dingus and Zazzy. But like the name, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Work should be fun. You should be able to laugh at yourself. So the name really rang true for us. So we started out as this boutique media buying agency. And then COVID happened. And like a whole lot of other businesses out there, pivoting was extremely necessary because everybody's media buying budgets just shriveled during COVID. Our CEO, John, this is right before I joined the story. Our CEO, John was like, I'm going to try something different. And he had started offering like unlimited marketing work to a few different companies for a flat rate. And people were loving it. They were like, they don't have to think about like nickel and diming. They don't have to worry about, oh, if I make this request, how much more money is it going to cost me? Is it worth it? Are the hourly quotes on this invoice accurate? Those are all things that nobody enjoys dealing with when they're getting a quote or dealing with an hourly rate for anything. So instead of having people questioning invoices, instead of having people questioning like whether or not they should request something from us, when I joined the pictures, when we pivoted into being a flat rate subscription for unlimited creative work, that's, we started off as basically four kids in a broom closet in the middle of lockdown And almost four years later, we're at about 130, 140 people in 39 different countries and growing like crazy. Did you have clients visiting you in that garage slash office? We sure did have clients visiting in person back in the day. Nobody tell the COVID police, but absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So like we had, we were like, basically it was a broom closet. It was in this building I'm sitting in now, but it was just like a tiny little office. There was five of us with desks and masks at the time, of course. But, but yeah, it was just itty bitty and it worked. And from there, we just grew. We grew to about six, seven people in those first few months, had to get more office space. And it's hard to believe that now we're at over 140. But yeah, we definitely had clients visiting us in person in this little broom closet that didn't smell very nice because you had five people in such close quarters. And what actually made you like want to join as like a CEO and now like a co-founder? Honestly, it was the oddest scenario. I was actually working in the food and beverage industry during COVID. Would not recommend that experience. Very tumultuous time for the food and beverage industry. And I was, there was less hours to be had. There was less work to do simply because the government was shutting us down and then reopening us a few weeks later and then shutting us down and then reopening us a few months later. And I love the food and beverage industry. I spent over a decade in the food and beverage industry, made some of my closest friends there and learned so much about growing a business, people, leadership, customer service, all those awesome things. But just with the tumultuousness of COVID, I needed 
to be honest, I need to make more money. When you're getting laid off and rehired and laid off and rehired in the food and beverage industry, it's not real great when you're growing up with bills. So I was looking for a side gig, to be honest. And a good friend of mine sent me the oddest job ad I have ever seen in my life. It asked me if I was fond of goats, if I liked the smell of grass after a rain, and if I'd ever watched The Office. And these were actually words in this job description. Some of those words are still in our job descriptions. <laughs> but I was like, this is freaking hilarious. And I wrote the weirdest cover letter of my life trying to match the tone of this weird ad. And I talked about donkeys and I literally name dropped my brother's pet donkey. Cause I was like, I've never hung out with a goat, but I know a donkey who's cool. And I sent this crazy cover letter in with my resume to this weird job description, looking for a part-time graphic designer. I'm no graphic designer, but I was doing marketing in the food and beverage industry and did pretty okay at Canva. <laughs> I then clipped my brand new puppy at the time onto his harness and we went out for a run. It was also December in Canada, so it is snowing. It is freezing out. But when you have a new puppy and you don't burn his energy, they eat your couch. So I'm out running hills in minus 20 with a puppy. And I get a phone call from Dingus and Zazie. And it's been 20 minutes since I applied. So I answered. I was super confused. And right there on the spot, on the top of a hill, in the middle of the snow, with this crazy puppy doing laps around my feet, I had my first interview with Dingus and Dazzy. John, our CEO, then asked, can you come in in 20 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever, and do an interview, like an in-person one. And I was like, if I'm being honest, and I explained my situation of where I was, and let's be honest, I was out working out. I did not look my best. Nobody gets dolled up to go exercise. So I was like, I need an hour. And so I ran home, made myself look like a human being rolled into the building in like nice dress clothes, looking all fancy, did my hair, did my makeup. And everybody here is chilling in their flip-flops and sweatpants being like, oh, she's overdressed. <laughs> but I had no idea. And so I started to hear part-time basically that day. I was working here uh, in the mornings uh, for a few hours. And then I was going and working in the restaurant at night. And that lasted probably about a month. And then John's like, can you just work here full time, please? And I was like, thank you. Yes. Because I was coming here at eight in the morning, working a few hours, going to the bar, working till two in the morning. And heck yeah, I wanted to be here full time. I was loving it. I left my career of 12 years to be here. Wow. That's an amazing story. And we actually never knew that. But and a big tip here, like I like that you mentioned that you worked in the food and beverage space and all it's something that we learned from you. It's like people there, they hustle so much, like they actually make amazing employees. I think that's how uh, you're so like hyper productive. Honestly. I couldn't agree more. Food and beverage industry sets people up for success in so many ways. People who are veterans of the food and beverage industry, and I'm a big believer in this because I spent so many years doing it. My mother runs a restaurant. Our VP of operations and I worked in the restaurant industry together for years and years. People in the restaurant industry, they understand teamwork. They understand multitasking. They understand attention to detail. They understand Cuckoo Bananas, excellent customer service. And they understand how to upsell, which is always a good thing to have on your team. Yeah. Actually, our first hire, full-time hire, came from the food and beverage industry. He was a bartender and very similar traits. And yeah, he's, he's continuing to be our top guy. Shout out Valeri. We will 
find more like you, try to find more like you, or find like bartenders that don't want to be there. So if we could all invent yeah. cloning machines, we'd be so rich. Just clone the people we love <laughs> in our teams and take over the world. Yeah. I don't know. I feel, I feel like that'll be too scary though. <laughs> I don't know. 14 of me running around. Can you imagine the amount of stuff we'd get done? Oh yeah. What would you say it's like the most interesting part of your job? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh gosh, it changes by the day. So the running joke is that my job title is just Swiss Army Knife because I tend to jump departments quite a lot. Um, just going in, improving because I'm I know I'm COO, but who knows what that actually means? They're just fancy letters. I jump department to department and I live in those departments for an extended period of time and find the weaknesses, find the opportunities to be more productive, find the opportunities to be more efficient. And so maybe I'm a sales guy for two months and I find ways to make us more efficient and more functional. Right now I am working in our HR department and I am helping with the interviewing process. I'm helping with all the onboarding paperwork and even some of the IT functionality related to hiring because I want to make that department more efficient. Last month, I was in our project management division for four months, actually. And I took clients myself for three months and I worked as a project manager and tried to just find inefficiencies, find better ways of doing. And then I transitioned into our lean PM role for a month to really clean up that role and make it crystal clear and clean and efficient so that I could promote somebody else into taking it and I'm an HR person for now. Who knows what I'll be next month? I'll get back to you. But I think that's one of the most fun things is I get to personally get to know people in every single department really well. And my job is never boring because well, I don't even know what my job's going to be next month because I'm just forever hopping around and making our company run better and getting to teach people along the way. And it's just, it's so much fun getting to really get to know the whole team while trying all these new things. I mean, what you've been doing, a lot of other founders and CEOs are doing, you're juggling all aspects of their business. What mm -hmm. tips can you give them to prioritize or maintain control? Oh my gosh, that is a loaded question. One thing I'd say is um, you need to have a management team around you, but you also need to be very wise about who that management team is. So something that we have often done is when we need to add in another managerial role into our company, we create it in the interim. So we'll have it exist for four weeks or six weeks or eight weeks, depending on what makes the most sense for that role. And we bring in who we think would be a good fit for that role. And we let them try it out. And we treat it like a bit of an audition, both for the individual and for the role. So maybe we roll out um, a head of, I don't know, head of peanut butter. Why not? We try it for eight weeks and we realize, okay, this role isn't quite set up to succeed. We need to readjust this role and revisit it. Or Maybe the role isn't what we thought it would be and it's providing way more value than we inspect, expected or way less value than we expected. And we need to reframe it, refocus it and try approaching it from a different way. So even for example, the lead PM role, we just filled it with a new internal promotion, but the job description is a complete 180 from what it was before I took the role temporarily because we realized that it wasn't a scalable role before. It didn't make sense for our current velocity of clients. So um, we've completely redone the role and the girl is taking it. I've warned her already. I was like, this role might look completely different for you in a month and a half because 
we're scaling so rapidly that we need that flexibility of a month and a half from now, we might need two lead PMs because we have such a large project management team. Or she might just be like, I don't like how you set this up, Becca. This is a better way of doing this. This is more efficient. And I'll be like, heck yes. A couple of other things that are just freaking key. I incentivize, we incentivize the ever-loving heck out of our team. I only have one brain, but I have over a hundred employees who are freaking intelligent, kind, thoughtful, and awesome. That's why they work here. So I really want to make sure that we take advantage of the incredible intelligence of our team. So we pay for good ideas. So that is one of the best things we ever did is we incentivize the entire team. You could have worked here for a day. You could have worked here for four years. You could be in the most entry-level role we have. You could be a senior manager. But if you come to me and you pitch me a really good idea that's going to change this company for the better, I pay you money for it. And we post reminders about this incentive every other week to be like, guys, I want to hear your ideas. And in that way, we have incentivized the entire crew to be collectively thinking about ways to better our company. So it's no longer just me and my management team being like, how do we do better? Everybody is thinking about it because they get paid to make their company better, make their jobs better, make their lives better. And that is one of the best things you can do as you scale. Yeah, this is something that we're all starting to do more as well. Because when you create your KPIs and then you need to link that financial incentive to that, and that pulls fuel into that fire, I feel like you have a really good grasp on how to handle your people and how to get the most out of them and keep them motivated. So that's amazing that now you're incentivizing the whole team to think of great ideas. Honestly, I wouldn't give us that much credit purely because we've made every single mistake you could feasibly imagine when it comes to every aspect of our business. We learned the hard way. And that's why I'm now very open with our best practices because we made every mistake known to man. So I may as well save somebody else the time, the money and the heartbreak and be like, hey, just don't do it that way because it doesn't work. Don't try and scale a company to 140 creative marketing people in Edmonton, Alberta during a pandemic because there's not enough people and there's not enough places to put office space and it's not scalable and it's very expensive. We tried it. We, we're not going to do that anymore. Now we're in 39 countries, as I mentioned, because we realized that we were shooting ourselves in the foot, limiting ourselves geographically because that limits your talent pool because there's only so many people in, well, a weird city in Canada. <laughs> if there's a mistake out there when it comes to every aspect of business, we've probably made it or a similar mistake, but we've learned from them. And that's why we're now scaling at such a rapid velocity. We learned that from you guys as well. Once we start hiring internationally, even compared to Bulgaria, we have people in other countries where we can pay them equally. They're a lot of times they're even like less expensive than the US and Canada. They're actually 10 times more hardworking. They're also as talented, even more talented. There's all this global talent out there, which I think more people should take advantage of. But let's take a step back and talk about how did you identify your target market for Dingus and Zazie? I know it's still broad, like you guys are targeting a lot of companies because everyone needs a marketing department. Great question. And I say it all the time. Eventually, the University of Saskatchewan, if you're listening, will probably come and take away my degrees because we break every single rule. Uh, we follow the laws. We don't follow business school curriculum very well because we don't do things in a normal way. A normal business school professor will tell you that before you even start your business, 
You need to nail down your target market. You need to know exactly who you're speaking to. Maybe they're between 18 and 24 years old and they only wear blue baseball caps and they wear socks with sandals and they hate the color green. I don't know. We didn't do anything like that. We started small. When we first started off, we went after people that we knew, local people who we knew that they had a need and they were just people in our network because we needed to actually prove that we could do the work and who better to give you open, honest, kind, but also respectful and constructive feedback than people you already know. So we still have a few of those original friends and family as clients, and they're still staying, paying the same price that they paid back in the day. And they're still with us clients and we're still doing stuff for them, which is pretty cool. But then also they become great supporters for us because we can go to them and be like, hey, hot tub company whose name I shall not say, but they're really cool. How are things going? How is our service? You've changed project managers. Can I get any feedback? And we have those kind of relationships with some of our clients where they'll give us that kind of feedback and it's really helpful. But then when it came to just finding our target audience, a lot of, a lot of trial and error, to be honest. One thing we learned is so we have clients all over the world and we will never say no to a client based on geography because why would we? That'd be silly. But 90% of our clients are in North America simply because we are open nine to five MST Monday through Friday. You guys live in Bulgaria. Maybe that it's a pain for you guys to meet us for meetings. I know we're meeting at like nighttime for you and morning time for me right now. So most of our clients are Canada and the USA simply because our schedules align. So it makes more sense for them meeting wise to actually get on the phone with us. The other thing we've realized is just with our current pricing model and our current approach to business, we are more than a tiny little startup might need long-term. A small startup might need us in the interim and that's fantastic. And we're thrilled to work with a startup, with a new company who they don't have a logo yet. They need business cards. They need social media banners. They need a website. They need to exist online. They need everything. And we can bust our butts for them for three, four months. And those are fantastic. We don't actively chase them down as often. We don't go out and target them using hypergen services. <laughs> uh, we're typically looking for companies that are a little bit more established just in our targeted outreach, simply because they typically are with us for the longer haul because they have longer haul needs. A bit more of an established business, say 10 plus employees, typically has the budget to work with us long-term, but also they require the help long-term. So we don't work with one specific industry we don't work with one specific geography, but when it comes to our targeted outreach, namely our targeted outreach we do through Hypergen, it's companies larger than 10 people who've been around for like a little bit at least, but we don't really have a size cap on it, on how big or small. We've worked with everything from my neighbor, the plumber, to publicly traded companies doing really neat stuff, but it's more of a usage case audience in that they're big enough that they need copywriting, graphic design, web design, video editing, voiceover, uh, social media, insert marketing word here. They need those things. And you could hire one full-time individual in-house, a marketing coordinator type person who is probably awesome at half of those things and can do their best at the other half. And that's perfect for a lot of companies. I have been that employee at companies before, but other times you need specialists. And you might not be able to afford or you might not have the space or the managerial capacity to handle hiring 10 individuals to take care of all your marketing. Our price point lands us 
at about the cost of a full-time employee. So you hire us and you get all those specialized skill sets and all these specialized humans for occasions where you can't necessarily hire all 10 of these superstars in office for your company. You're probably one of the few people we've spoken with where it's, we target this big ass broad audience and it actually works. Like it's crazy. I feel it's because like you guys have made like the service in a way that it really does fit a lot of these companies. That's breaking the, I guess the number one business rule. It breaks the business rule, but it also works for us is we are a weird company. Our dress code is, I'm going to paraphrase it here, but wear clothes just be dressed. We don't care if you wear sweatpants or a unicorn suit or a garbage bag, just have something on your body that is covering your body in an appropriate manner. If you want to wear sweatpants and socks with slides, hey, that's what I'm wearing today and I'm comfy. We don't care how you look. We also take an extremely casual tone of voice with our clients. We send stupid gifts upon stupid gifts. I had an employee send me a gift yesterday and she was questioning whether it was too far and too inappropriate to send to a client and it was Gudetama, the lazy egg that you could see his butt cheeks and he was wiggling his butt. And I was like, this is hilarious. Absolutely send an egg butt to your client. That's perfect. That's just who we are as a vibe and our sales outreach, as you two well know, is equally as weird. We use a deranged squirrel and we love our deranged squirrel, but it is not everybody we reach with our outreach efforts enjoys that sense of humor, enjoys lightheartedness, and so they actually disqualify themselves from our services. And that's cool with us because we're never going to wear button up shirts and look super professional and say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And never, ever make a joke. Life's too short. We're here to make jokes and have a good time. So that is one part of our targeting that is a little unique is if you don't like our sense of humor, don't work with us because you're going to get annoyed really fast if you're not willing to laugh a little bit on the process. Yeah, also before we even met you guys, we're like, oh, when we grow up as a company, we have to like start wearing shirts and stop talking about hard jokes for people Absolutely to take not. us seriously. We're like, we saw you guys, and they're like four, five X bigger, and they're still like this. And we can replicate that because it seems like a lot of fun. And I agree, you can continue working with the same type of clients that like enjoy that humor, enjoy that vibe. And in the end, build that culture and tribe around your employees, your clients, just making it a really uh, fun environment. Totally. And staff yeah. longevity matters in this conversation as well. I do check-ins with quite a few of my staff on a very regular basis. And some of the recurring comments I hear are, I get to be myself. I get to look like me. I don't have to water down my personality to be all corporate-y. I couldn't go to a regular corporate job looking like this. Come on. I'm in sweatpants and my husband's plaid jacket. I'm covered in tattoos and way too many piercings and nobody cares. And that's part of why our staff love it here. It's, I, I shouldn't say it's a little thing because it's not. We don't care who you are as long as you're a nice person. So we have people who come to us and they've been with us a while and they're able to express their true gender identity, be open about their sexuality, things that they were not able to do in previous environments. And that breaks my freaking heart. If you come to me and you say what your pronouns are, that's the pronouns we're using here. If you come to us and you say, hey, I do not want to be called by the name that's on my social insurance card. This is the name I call myself. Cool. That's what we're going to call you then. But it seems like a little thing because to us, it's a no brainer. But 
these are the things that our staff stick around for because they haven't always been treated with that kind of respect in the past. Yeah, we spend pretty much like half of our time of our lifetime almost working. We might as well try to make it fun and pleasant for the people. And we're very similar in that culture that be yourself, try to have fun. Obviously, just do your work and bring the results. And today, you have the playing ground for you. And this is what keeps people and this is what makes them even better and push the company even further. Because at the end of the day, you, we're all service uh, business and we're all people-based. Yeah. The, I the, couldn't the, agree the, more. The, we're happy employees, which means happy clients. Absolutely. And when we have fun, the clients have fun. And life is short. Let's just freaking enjoy it. And I guess one thing I would love to talk about, because it's my new favorite thing. They're not paying me to say this. I'm just a big fan of their program. We signed up for a program recently called Luna Park. It is the coolest thing. You guys, have you tried it yet? So yeah. it is oh, an yeah. online, basically video game platform. You can have unlimited people on at the same time. If you ever played Jackbox on your TVs or whatever. Oh, yeah. 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 We love uh, that game. Like that. Yeah. Uh, so it's like Jackbox, but you can play it internationally at the same time. But then also they do these events. You can pre-book them. So we'd book, we've booked one a month for the next year where they have a professional stand-up comedian come in and host a happy hour with our team. And we're all drinking beers or vaping or whatever brings us joy. And we're all on camera. And this professional stand-up comedian is playing like games with us. And they're like, they're making fun of us. And apparently we are the most inappropriate team that Luna Park has ever hosted. And that brings me so much joy because my whole team was just trying to get the host to say the F word. And the host was like, I'm at work right now. I'm not allowed to say the F word. And my whole team was like, but we're at work right now. And we're saying the F word. I'm just saying F word because we're on a podcast and I don't want to get you guys like a grown up rating on your podcast. <laughs> but yeah, like one of the coolest tools we've discovered lately, our VP of ops, Erica found it and one of the coolest things. So now every single time there's a birthday or an anniversary or a celebration, we as a team, a bunch of us will hop on for 20 minutes during the workday and play a video game together. And then once a month, we do these giant ones where there'll be like, there was I think 85 people who came to the last happy hour with a comedian and it's freaking cool. It's so much fun. And yeah, it's my new favorite tool to tell people about. Yeah, I just looked it up. I think we're going to try it out as well. You're always so good at like promoting. <laughs> That's amazing. I like how you plugged well, it Let in me tell you about them. Hypergen. <laughs> <laughs> next and, time. And next also, time. <laughs> we see you're so people-driven. You care about people. You try to find new ways to get them together. We have a lot to learn from you. Honestly, everybody has their reasons and their passions for scaling and growing. Mine is creating opportunities for people all over the world. Like I get to work with cool people. Uh, like amongst the people I talk to every day is somebody in Sri Lanka and somebody in Pakistan and South Africa and Mexico and Argentina and Brazil and Colombia and the other side of Canada and, and 27 or 31 or whatever. We're at 39 countries now. And it's so freaking cool. But to hear the stories of people who are like, I've been waiting my whole life to find a company where they'll use my pronouns or I've been waiting my whole life to find a company where it's okay for me to be gay or I've been waiting my whole life to find a company where I can go pick up my kids from school and you not only are okay with it you expect me to go pick up my kids from school or if my kid is sick you expect me to go and take care of my kid and it's a no questions asked 
your kid is sick. You should be with your kid, not doing work for us. You should be taking care of your family. And it's shocking to me that these are new revelations for so many of our new hires. And that's what drives me to keep scaling this is we can just make a better workplace for more and more people. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's really awesome that you're treating your employees so well. And I want to take a step back and again, jump on the, I guess, business part, but what makes you guys different from all the other competitors out there? Obviously there's the regular like agencies, but there's like also like other productized marketing agencies like you guys. What makes you unique? It's an awesome question. There's a few different things, honestly. One of which is we fit in a really weird little pricing bubble whereby you can go out and pay a big fancy strategy agency who's going to do cool fancy strategy stuff for you. And that's awesome. They are typically a bit spendier, but they do neat strategic marketing stuff. They'll plan your year. They'll look at it from a very scientific basis. They're freaking cool. You can work with a marketing research agency, such as Research Strategy Group out of Toronto. They're awesome. They're super cool people. I've worked with Nicole there and she was fantastic. And they're all about getting you data, researching the market, talking to people. And that's awesome. You've got companies like Design Pickle. It's a flat rate to get art made for you. And we fall in between all of these options where we're a flat rate. We're about the cost of a full-time employee. So we're more expensive than some of the more simple design subscriptions out there. We're typically a lot more price conscious than the average strategy agency. But where we land is we are a get S-H-I-T done company. We are not about strategy. And we tell people that very blatantly. If they're looking for strategy, we're not your guys. We are getter done. So if you need 14 websites made and you have 16 social media channels And you decide that you just really want to post a blog every single day about your cat named Tony and how cool Tony the cat is. Awesome. Just give it to us and we'll get it done for you. We are a get her done place. We are all about execution and completing projects and multitasking. And that is why we're a little bit more different in our approach. But then on top of that, we're an unlimited subscription. There's other companies out there who've gone on record being like, we can do unlimited. It doesn't make sense. It works for us and our business model, because if you guys sent us 14 requests today, we'd be like, okay, sweet. We're doing 14 things. That's awesome. I'm thrilled to death to do 14 things for Alex and Ken. That's fabulous. A lot of agencies or places might be like, hey, we'll we'll do one, then the next, and then the next, and then the next. And that works for them. And that's wonderful. We're too energetic and crazy to just do one thing at a time. So we're here to multitask all your stuff at an absolutely psychopathic rate. And then our communication is a little bit cuckoo bananas. Our project managers talk to their clients every single business day. So you never have to wonder, what is Dingus and Zazie doing today? What are they doing with my time? Where are they? What are, are they there today? You're going to know because we're going to be destroying your inbox with updates. We want to know everything. We want to know your favorite color and your dog's name. And we're going to be sending you updates nonstop being like, hey, your PowerPoint presentation will be ready on Thursday. Yo, just kidding. We're ahead of the game. It's going to be due on Wednesday. Hey, it's still going to be due on Wednesday, but we have an idea. What do you think of this idea? We want to do something a little different here. Cool. We'll hand it to you on Wednesday. We are up your butt with information so that there's the most crystal clear communication that you could get. Yeah, guys, we're working with Dingus and Zazie ourselves, and we are getting bombarded with 
funny emails every day, but they're some of the best things I've read. I love checking out those little gifts or I, I remember that last one you guys sent us something with Barbie, like the whole email was themed around that. Sound like you're also like working on the company themed emails or something, but just the creativity into those little updates. It's amazing. And there's always like a PS, like we can get more shit done for you guys or more work done for you guys. Just let us know. Absolutely. I can take no credit for the themed daily emails. The PM team decides those themselves. I think today's theme is Parks and Rec, I think. But some of the themes they come up with are so funny. The other day, it was just hot dogs. The theme of the day was hot dogs. And they just spammed people with gifts of hot dogs all day and each other. And in the PM chat, it's just hot dog puns all day long. You can imagine how inappropriate that gets. And it's fantastic. But they just take it upon themselves. Maybe tomorrow will be bacon or tomorrow will be the Simpsons or... I don't know. It's going to be something weird. And I know I laugh every time I read them. And that's all that matters is that somebody out there thinks they're funny. And then how I guess did you guys approach building out and developing your business? Because you've been at it, what well, has been, I think you joined about three years ago, but you guys have scaled like crazy. So you had to change a lot of things, think on the spot. So yeah, what are some of the big things that you guys did along the way, which you think were critical to your growth success? Oh, that's a big question. There's definitely a few, to be honest. One was going internationally. I can't talk long enough about how great it is. Why would I dismiss a candidate because of their postal code? Uh, if somebody's great, why should I care where they live? However, something that does work really well for us is our entire team works nine to five MST. That means that no matter where you live, that's the hours you work. And that keeps us succinct so that we can all co collaborate and get stuff done together. We tried working a disjointed schedule and it just didn't work for us. We all talk to each other too much. So if you have to wait 12 hours for a response, that can put a 12 hour delay on getting something to a client, which doesn't work for us. So we all work nine to five MST. Um, the other things that really helped us, oh my goodness, a lot of tools along the way that were huge, investing in a really good outreach so that you can build your sales funnel. And these guys aren't paying me to say this, listeners, but legit just, Working with Hypergen has been phenomenal because our sales pipeline is just silly. That plus we add in our SDRs, plus we add in our Google ads and our sales guys always have a pipeline to fish from. And that is huge. Absolutely wonderful, incredible advisors go a long ways. There's all sorts of people out there that I turn to for advice because sometimes you just need an outsider's opinion. Honestly, my father-in-law is probably one of the biggest ones for me because he's built businesses and scaled businesses and I'm forever pinning him down and being like, hey, Jim, we're going to talk about A, B, C, D, E, F, and G today. And he's like, okay. <laughs> like I said, some great tools. One that I really like right now is Rome. You have to get on the wait list for it because they're so beta testing, but it's virtual offices. So I can just click on anybody's virtual office, knock on the door. And if they answer me, speak to them as if I was walking into your office and knocking on your door, only it's virtually. So I can just go talk to anybody at any time at the click of a button. There's no taking the time to go open a Google Meet or anything like that, hoping somebody sees you sending them a Google Meet. No, I just knock on their door, their computer beeps, they get the notification, and I just start talking to them. Um, so I love Rome. Um, we're going to slowly transition more and more of our team into Rome because we've currently got a close to 45 people in it, and it's fantastic just to level up our communications. LinkedIn Recruiter. 
So we actually pay for the recruiter level of LinkedIn access. And when you're hiring at a certain velocity, that is one of the best things ever because I can bulk message candidates. If I get 100 applicants to a job, I can bulk message all of them to let them know the details, to ask them my questions. And it makes things so much more efficient and effective. Criteria Corp is a program that I'm a huge fan of. It does personality testing so that you can make sure the applicant is the right fit for the role, which really helps you find just good, wonderful, outstanding people. And you have that assurity going in that their personality is the vibe. If I was to apply to be a creative here, I would fail the Criteria Corp for our creative roles here instantly. I am not a creative person. I am more of a business person. I do not look at colors and be like, that color would look good as that color. No, I don't understand any of that. I don't have that gift that a lot of people do have. So I would fail the one to be a graphic designer here, which is ironic because that's how I got here. So Criteria Corp has been a huge game changer for us. I'm sure there's other tools I would think of too. And I guess the final thing for scaling that has been huge for us is we'll try anything once. Because you never know if it's a bad idea until you actually try it. We have tried so many things that like our whole management team is like, this is going to fail. There's no way we can't do this. And it freaking works. We said there was no way we could have project managers in all sorts of different countries. And then Delara, our first international PM applies. She's from Sri Lanka and she was a better PM than I ever was. She's fantastic. And she's since been promoted into management and she's an angel and a rock star. She proved us wrong. I'm going to be a project manager in Sri Lanka. It's going to be great. And it was. And I couldn't do this without her now. Just so many things like that where we were like, this will never work. And then we tried it. So just be open to trying things. And no, you're going to eat HIT once in a while. But that's the only way to figure it out. Yeah, I feel like that's what we've always loved about you guys. It seems like you're so open and so aggressive about testing things out. We see it in you, we see it in John, where it's really focus on it. Spend the budget if you have to see the couple of months, if it works, if it doesn't, just throw it away. I really feel that's why you guys are growing so fast and you're yeah, making like such progress. Absolutely. And it just makes it more fun. You never know what we're going to be working with next week because we're going to find something random on TikTok and be like, oh my gosh, where has this been our whole life? Let's sign up for it immediately and see how it goes. Awesome. And I guess along the way, what what have been like some of the most significant challenges uh, you faced? Um, Attempting to scale in person um, was one of the biggest challenges. Simply because we live in a place where there's not a big enough talent pool for our ambitions. Um, we still do absolutely hire in this area, but there was not enough people to get us to even the amount of manpower we have right now, simply because of the size of the talent pool. Um, not everybody wants to cut. We're a large enough city that nobody wants to commute to the little corner of the city that we're in. We're in like the furthest corner. So you're eliminating half the city because people north of the river aren't willing to commute an hour to get here. Of course, that'd be insane. So by getting ourselves away from the fact that it had to be in person, we scaled so much faster. Oh gosh, what other mistakes? We tried to launch three extra products at the same time, three extra offerings. It worked, but I would never do it like that again because I didn't sleep for a week very much. But we put in so many extra hours trying to make it work because we're just like, screw it. Let's launch three extra service offerings simultaneously. What could go wrong? Don't do that to yourselves, guys. Take 
smaller steps than that. Please don't just say F it and see how it goes because work-life balance matters. And sometimes we got a little more ambitious than maybe was wise. And it all worked out in the end. And all three services are still offered here. And they're all doing great. And the people in those departments are fantastic. But those first couple weeks, we were just like, oh, my Lord, what did we do to ourselves? Yeah, no, that's definitely one of the biggest ones. And then as a final question to the audience, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs looking to enter either the B2B SaaS or even the B2B service market? Put your personality into it and have fun while you're doing it because we have fun at work. I bet you if I go into the other room right now, the fart gun will be going off and the sales guys will be like throwing dodgeballs at each other while on cold calls and there'll be Barbie girl playing in the background. And I say that because I literally walked in on that yesterday. But if you put personality into your business, you're actually going to enjoy the journey and have way more fun doing it. And I'm not saying you have to be the company with the fart guns and the weird music tastes and the childishness that we are. That's who we are as people. We like to be juvenile. We like to make stupid jokes. We like to have fun at it. But you have to put a bit of who you are into it Don't let business school textbooks tell you how to run your business because you know how to run your business and getting caught up in somebody else's rules never works. You heard it from Becca, guys. Don't be afraid to do fart jokes at work and just be (laughs) yourself and then break every rule in the book. (laughs) But that's amazing. Absolutely. Wonderful having you, Becca. I think you said some amazing things here. The audience will enjoy it. Thanks for joining us. It was so amazing to see you guys again and talk to you again. And I'm sure I'll see you guys in emails shortly. See you later. Of course. Talk to you soon.